Hello and welcome to Blades Pod. My name is Ben. It's Monday the 1st of March and I'm joined by the man from roysviewfrom.com, the co-host, co-creator of the Living With Maidley podcast. It is Andrew. How are you doing? Thanks for that build-up. I like that. It makes me sound quite important. Yeah, I'm all right after that, yeah. Yeah, is there anything else I should uh, add into your intro? Well, I don't, I don't want to brag, but I think I said to you, uh, the Living Mainly podcast was above RuPaul in the in the iTunes charts uh, last week. So, you know, printed that out, get it stuck on the wall. Excellent stuff, <laughs> I don't yeah. even know who RuPaul is. I've heard of him, but I don't know. <laughs> More famous than RuPaul. Love it. Um, so, we uh, we've got... Two things we want to talk about today. Well, actually, I've got one thing I want to talk about, and one thing we're just going to talk about, but I don't actually want to talk about Yeah, it. I'm going to say, let's get it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll cover off yesterday's uh, obligatory Liverpool defeat um, in, in probably the detail it deserves. But then we've got uh, this week's memorable match. We um, you know, we treated you all to a 5 all draw with Swindon last week. Uh, we're going for a win this week. We're going back to 2001 and the 100th league meeting between United and Wednesday. So... Looking forward to uh, to getting stuck into that one. Thanks for all the feedback on the uh, the five all from everybody. By the way, that was um, yeah, that was surprisingly fun to do that one. I thought I quite like uh, revisiting yeah. these old seasons, even if um, you know, even if some of the outcomes aren't uh, aren't glorious. But that's what being a blade about. We said it on here that obviously the games themselves, what we're playing at the moment, we we were sort. Of, I don't want to say we were dreading doing the podcast, but I think we were just like, what are we going to say? <laughs> and I think these like memorable games have really sort of. Put, I'm really ex- I get proper into the research and stuff of it now, so I'm really enjoying it. So hopefully everyone else does as well. Yeah, hopefully, and and that's it really. You, you've nailed it there. I I don't want to just be saying the same thing every week, and uh, you know, unfortunately, with this season, that's the. That's the path of least resistance, isn't it? Of just like I'm just going to yeah. say the same thing. We're still rubbish. We still can't keep a clean sheet. We still barely look like scoring in all these games. Yeah. I sort of feel a bit sorry for Wilder just because he does just say the same thing every week. Because what, yeah, what yeah. else can you say at this point? But anyway, let's uh, let's talk about this Liverpool game then quickly. Um, a two nil defeat. I think it's. I mean, it's just an absolutely that matchup of. Um, Ampadu, Jagielka and Kean Bryan versus yeah. Mane, Salah, Firmino. I mean, that is just unfair, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like that, yeah. I don't think of any other way to put it, put it. But this was, I think this was a, 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 a decent enough showing. I thought it was... Yeah. I enjoyed this. The first half I enjoyed more than many games this season. I knew we were going to lose, and I think everyone did. It. I mean, at one point it looked like they were having that many shots, and Ramsdale were having that such of a game, uh, good good of a game, that you're thinking maybe this is one of those weird games where we're one nil. But I think realistically, we knew they were going to score eventually. But I can't fault the efforts there and everything. I don't think it's the same old story that we've got no quality. We're up against Liverpool. I know they had injuries. Slightly disappointed that we didn't put more pressure on their back line because they were sort of there to be... I think you should, they showed a couple of times that if we had a bit more about us, they, they were probably panicked at the back. I think better teams will beat them, for instance, with the, the defence they had out yesterday. But, yeah, realistically, I don't think we can ask for much more than we got, I don't think, with that team out. Yeah, it was all, it was, it was all right. Like, all right to decent, I thought. Um, and, yeah, particularly given that defence, you know, I was expecting... Uh, yeah, yeah, expecting a bit of a massacre, and yeah, we we've got to talk about Aaron Ramsdale. I think. I mean, excellent. <laughs> what on earth? Where did that? Uh, this sound, I, I almost don't want to say this because it sounds disparaging, but 
Like, where did that come from? I mean, it was a, it was just a, a one-man defence for the first what forty minutes or something like that. I mean, didn't should... you say you were laughing at one point? I was. I think it was the, um, <laughs> I think it was the Alexander Arnold one that he, uh, where Arnold, he, he, uh, Trent cuts in onto his left foot and smashes that shot in, and uh, Ramsdale pushes it over the bar. And yeah, I just started laughing, you know, not in a not in a mocking way. I was I'm really really pleased for him, but it was just like, yeah. how is he doing this? I mean, we could be, and this is why I kind of temper my like um, satisfaction from the performance. I was like, we could easily be four or five nil down, you know, yeah. <laughs> the amount of chances yeah. that they had. But yeah, he was just. Um... I thought two in particular were fantastic. The one, but my favourite one were probably the you know where Salah took Jagielka on, yes. and uh, put it across, and he gets down low, and you know it. it I think in the past we've sort of criticised him to a degree of saving the shots that he probably should save but not doing anything more, if you know what I mean. He's not mm-hmm. being calling any world is off. He put that to bed. I just think he's been our best player this month, which is not hard. You know, competition's not been great, but I think he's looked like a decent keeper these last three or four games. Yeah, he's... Uh, Since the Man United match, actually. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely uh, stringing them together. Um, this was one where I really... Uh, I mean, I've, I've felt this all season, obviously, but I was just like, oh, can you imagine if if there'd been a full cop behind him after he put in that first yeah. half? Like, you know, that that could have been a real, like, uh, I don't want to make it too simplistic, but that could have been a real, like, making of him performance, you know, like the sort of... Well, I was going to say, I mean, comparing, comparing him to Henderson Claxon here, but um, <laughs> I don't think Henderson ever had a game like that for us, purely because we were better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that amount of shots against us, but... I don't think Henderson ever like pulled a display off like that. I think it was one of the, uh, I think it's one of those sort of goalkeeping displays that you might remember even in five, six, seven years' time. So I remember Ramsdale against Liverpool, that were a classic goalkeeping display. Like that. I don't remember many, many better in the last four or five years because we've we, been that good. We've not had that amount of shots against us. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was, uh, I, I was sort of uh, casting my mind back myself, and yeah, I think Henderson. I don't know they. The game against Norwich at home last season, which I guess was almost to this day, actually, wasn't it? Um, right around. Yeah, but did he only really pull one save off in that match? It was a, a save. That was it. It was only a couple of saves. Yeah. Um, yeah, and even if you think of like the um, you know Brentford at home when we were down to ten men, I mean, yeah, he saved a lot of shots, but they were like shots from long range. They weren't like amazing chances or anything. Whereas, no, no, I, th- I don't think you could sort of. Uh, I-, I don't think there were any save that I remember thinking. Well, that's you know world class save or anything like that. I think there's two from Ramsdale. The one with Salah and uh, the one with Firmino goes through, which I think you can say, you know, not many goalkeepers save them. Yeah, no, it was excellent. And then there's other things like you know he there, there was one where uh, he clearly called for it and the defender headed it away out of his arms yeah. basically. But there were a lot of other times he swept up really well. You know, there's a the one he came charging out onto on the right corner of his box and you know pulls off a really good sort mm. of uh, sliding yeah. block to get it away. Yeah, I you know in a in a season of uh, pretty pretty abject misery from the whole yeah. club, the whole squad, etc., and a season that he's had a difficult time in as well. I'd say you know very probably probably more downs than ups. I think, but yeah, yeah. he's uh, as you said, he's had a good month, and this was an outstanding goalkeeping performance. And I the felt... good thing is, he's one of the few players in that team yesterday who will definitely still be in next season. I think we could probably point to four, maybe even five players who played who are not going to be here next season. So it's good that, you know, the guy who's going to be in goal for his next season is getting a bit of confidence. Yeah, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, hopefully just uh, carries that on for the rest of the season. I mean, you know, there is nothing to lose, really, is there? And I, I just mm-hmm. felt 
I mean, I had to laugh, unfortunately, when the second goal went in, because I was like, oh, you, you unlucky bugger. Like, you just yeah, didn't deserve yeah. that one at all. Because um, I actually, I thought Keane Bryan was arguably our best outfield player as well. And um, yeah. he got, obviously, the deflection for the goal. And uh, I think I messaged you, didn't I, saying, he's really surprised me, Keane. I think this season has not been great for anyone. I think, I don't know if anybody's come out of this season with a reputation better than it was when they went into it. Mm. Perhaps outside... Maybe Billy Sharp, because he's wrestled mm. his way back into the team and his first choice again, which I don't think anyone saw come in. I don't think anybody else, maybe Jack O'Connell, because he's not been there and he's shown how important he is. There's only really Key and Brian that I can think of who's actually come out of this season. You're thinking, he's better than I thought. Yeah, of players who were here last year, definitely. I think he, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, because Oliver Burke's had one as well, which I think shown a bit um, more than I thought it were going to show. I know he's, he divides the fan base and stuff, but I think Key and Brian's the one who sort of... His reputation has actually been announced, despite the, the the awful season that we've had. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I've got a note to talk about Brian. Actually, um, yeah, I just, I, I think I don't know if we will do this because it might be too depressing. But I generally, do like player ratings at the end of the season. Oh, let's do it! Come on. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, I suppose we have to, don't we? But I think right now, without overthinking this, I think he will have one of the higher ratings at yeah. the, uh, the whole squad because, uh, and that's not to say he's been, you know. Uh, like one of our best players but kind of just building on what you've said really like the ceiling for him is lower than a lot of these other players I think but he's performed very close to that ceiling I'd say I mean he I I think I think this season he's been better than every other player we've had in that left-sided centre half other than Ampadu I think he's been better than Stevens and Lowe as well to be honest yeah 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 I won't disagree with that he's he, he looks a good, solid backup, you know, someone mm-hmm. that you can parachute in there if you need seven or eight starts or something like that across the season. Yeah. He can play wing-back as well as left centre-back. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sticking with what I said a few weeks ago. I think he'll get another contract with us and still be in the next season. Side, I mean, he might do because the last time. The only reason that I don't think he will is purely because we've got Robinson, Stevens, Lowe, and Osborne all on that left-hand side, all under contract. Mm. I think it might be easier to let him go. But I do hope he stays. I do think he deserves to stay above certain other players who are there, Robinson and Stevens. And uh, sorry, maybe not Stevens. I mean, well, I don't know. He were awful again, Ernie. But you know, Robinson and um, uh, Max Lowe and stuff. I think he's shown more than that this season to to warrant a contract. But yeah, he might. I, mean, I think he'll get a championship club now at least for him. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, Stevens. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh, this is hurting me now. Like it's actually, it's actually quite painful to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the world's saddest nutmeg attempt in the first half. Which is just like, <laughs> yeah. Remember when he used to do that and like he would yeah. beat players and, you know, then there was one right at the end of the first half as well where he tried to like win a corner and of course it just bobbled back off his own shin and yeah. out for a goal kick. You're like, oh, just... Just really sums it up. Um, I think it was, I think it was the Tufty Club who said this actually after the match yesterday. I think it was that. I might have read it somewhere. And they, they think he's not even the top top two divisions now with the performances he's putting in. I think he's putting in League One standard performances for the last, for the last 12 months. And I was like, nah. And then I was thinking, well, if we're saying Keen Bryan's League One, then, <laughs> you know, you've, you've got to say Stevens possibly is at the moment as well. But I hope he comes back. He's been fantastic for us. But it's been 12 months. So we said it before. And I don't want to go in on him. He'll know as much as anyone how bad he's playing and stuff. But, yeah, like you say, it's painful. I think at the moment watching, you're thinking that that's not you, mate. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised he's still. In, I know he's only just come back into the team, but yeah, uh, I'm surprised he's playing ahead of Osborne. To I be think honest. Osborne and Lowe can both say, and even Keane Bryan, uh, one, well, yeah, when Basham were with it, can can all say 
hang on, why am I, <laughs> why am I not having a shot at this left left hand sided uh, side of defence here? But... Yeah, if 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 Stevens is fully fit, then ouch. Because yeah, yeah, it's it doesn't. Oh, but this good. is the thing: you may be playing him back into fitness. That's my my hope. Like obviously with Flight, yeah. we were saying. He were appalling, weren't he, for a, for a number of months, and then he got back into it, and he looked fully fit, and then he obviously got whatever happened to him with the hospital thing, and now he's slowly making his way back into it again. We know what Flex like, and hopefully that's the case for Stevens. I don't want to write him off or anything, but you know, he, he's twelve months of bad performances. It's not. It's going to be difficult for him to turn around. I think. Yeah, I do think dropping down a division will uh, will cure yeah. a lot well, of ills. Well, the confidence comes back. I don't think it's going to be a switch. I think if we get off to a bad start next season, we we could be in for a really really tough ride, for instance. But it does only take three or four wins to get that confidence back, and I think you never know, do you? You know what I mean? It may just be that the confidence levels are so low that these players just don't really know how to play football anymore. I think we've all been through it in different walks of life where you've failed at something or you're not doing your best at something and you start second guessing or even third guessing you know what you're going to do next and stuff so I mean the Dean Hammond interview on Sheffield United where he was saying that you know he was playing that badly normally everything that came natural to him he's thinking right what do I do right I don't want to do this because you know and and I think that's what we're suffering with a lot of our players at the moment Mm. yeah fair enough Um, so actual sort of goal mouth action I mean we Liverpool, as you said, had a lot of chances that uh, Ramsdale repelled. We had the... Uh, is this in the... No, it was in the first half, wasn't it? We had the, the interesting sight of an own goal getting disallowed for offside. Oh, I was cheering. <laughs> Come on, yes! <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't remember which uh, which of the Liverpool defenders it was, but uh, generously kneed it into the goal, but unfortunately... Uh, McBurney had been interfering with play by being uh, yeah. being close at hand. Um, the opening goal finally arrived, and uh, th- this is a, a, a true camera actually does lie moment because mm-hmm. in real time, I thought this was miles out because the actual yeah. sort of you know mounted on the halfway line kind of camera angle, it looks a good foot and a half out, and I, I saw it hit the net, and I was like, okay, fine, but that is going to get rolled out. Like, that yeah, was... I said the same when I saw it. I said I'd like sort of said to myself that yeah, that's not going to count. And no worries. Went back to like looking at my phone or whatever I'm doing, you know. So <laughs> yeah, and then of course the uh, the goal is given. Like, oh, uh, what? But then they show the. Uh, the actual on the line angle, and it's. It, I, I keep seeing people, especially on Facebook. I, I don't go on there much, to be fair. But every time I'm going on, it's a picture. You know that picture that everyone's sharing, where it's a, where it looks out. Yeah. Cheats the one us out of the league. It's corrupt. <laughs> sort of stuff, so. Yeah. Even my dad said that to me, and I was like, "Did you not see the other angle?" He's like, "Yeah, I did, but it looks out on this one." <laughs> what are you, what are we'll you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the the angle that is level with the goal line, uh, not even. A half the ball is over the line and obviously only needs a bit of it to be overhanging the line. So it was a, a clear goal which Curtis Jones uh, fires into the corner of the net. Again, Ender Stevens not covering himself in glory, I'm afraid, because he essentially gives it up, doesn't he? Thinks, thinking it's going out for the goal kick yeah, and the cross yeah. comes in. Uh, Jagielka does a, a... I think he as well thought it was out. Does a yeah, sort of lazy... Yeah, really half-hearted from, from both of them. Really half-hearted. Like you say, it were like it were out. It's like, I'll just kick this away. Yeah, lazy kind of half-hearted flick at the ball. Goes to mm. Jones, fires it into the net. And unfortunately, that is... With us this season, that's game over, really, isn't it? McBurney... This is the this is the thing as well. You Realistically, this is the problem with these games. And it is awful to watch in terms of... You know, as soon as you go 1-0 down, that's it. That is it. Especially yeah. against a team like Liverpool. You know, I mean, have we come back? We've come back against West Brom, in fairness... Uh, Fulham we got technically, a draw against, I guess. Oh, yeah, got a draw against Fulham, didn't we, as well? Yeah, but 
But it's not it's not often it happens, and especially against a team like Liverpool, you're thinking. But then again, we had a chance straight after, really, with McBurney's header, which he really should have scored or got on target at least. Yeah, poor uh, poor finish by McBurney from uh, Norwood's a good ball in from the the classic Norwood <laughs> zone, and uh, yeah, I was as soon as I still think even though we've only scored like 15 goals this season, I still think every time Norwood like hits that cross, it's going to be a goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, McBurney has it wide, unfortunately, and then. Um, the second goal uh, again. Ender Stevens just. Yeah. I don't want to pile into him, but I, I think he, I think he messes this up in terms of like it Brian's. It, Brian, if not has it under control, then then is in the right place. But Stevens like runs across him, and that lets makes Brian decide to leave it for Stevens to cover, and uh, Firmino just smashes it into uh, Brian's shin, and it loops up and uh, into the net, but. Yeah, I was just watching. I'm like, is Ender drunk? Like, what? What's he doing? Yeah. I mean, he like runs sort of into the vicinity, but then just carries on and gets out of the way. It's it's oh, strange. It's so I thought I thought Lundstrom was another one who played really poorly in this game. And some yeah. of the things, I'm not saying these players are top, top, top Premier League players and stuff. I've said before, they're certainly better than they're playing now. Some of the stuff Lundstrom are doing with his passing and things, like when he's trying to take someone on, he just hits it out of play, thinking that. It's got to be confidence. It has to be confidence. This is why you don't want to lay into him too much because he's not going to achieve anything, is it really? But you've got to, at the same time, be honest and say there were a couple of really dreadful displays out there, I thought. Yeah, it's uh, it's just let's get to the end of this season for me. And uh, The biggest and... positive is a Ramsdale and the fact that there's only 12 games left now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I said to you, we've lost... I mean, there's a bit of a debate going on an S2 about is this the worst season ever and I understand when people are talking about even when we went down to the fourth division or under Atkins and horrific times for the club statistically speaking though this is the worst one of this is one of the worst seasons that any club's ever had ever yeah. in, the, in the history there's only Newport County who have lost as many games as us uh, after 26 matches this season we've lost over 80 percent of our matches it's just horrible to go through and I'm not saying there's no future I'm not saying that you know, this team's worse than the Atkins teams. It's evidently not. It's still one of the best United teams I've ever seen. But this particular season, taking, you know, in a vacuum, if you like, taking as a, a one-off, you can't argue that this is the worst season we've ever lived through in terms of pound-for-pound pound results. Yeah, and then you throw in the fact we can't go to any of these games. That's so there's it. Not even any entertainment value. I think the away that. games would be fantastic at the moment. To be completely honest, I think yeah, because mm. we're already down. I think people would just be enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a really good point. Actually, uh, Ollie Burke came on, and uh, I think Ollie Burke is the Rob Coslook of attack, isn't he? He's like he's this 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 was classic Burke. The entire. His entire cameo was just classic <laughs> Oli Berg. We looked far more dangerous with him on the pitch, undoubtedly. We, he was the only person who I, I felt really troubled their back line. But then he gets the ball and <laughs> it all goes horribly wrong. <laughs> That's what I mean by the Rob Kozluk thing. He's like simultaneously yeah. brilliant and terrible, but it's always interesting. I'm always, always happier when he's on the pitch because it's just... When he smacks it out for that throw in, I was just like that. <laughs> I, I sort of like just smiled and thought, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just, you know, he's just destroyed their uh, their centre-back, just like span past him, gets in the box and fires it out for a throw in on the far side. What, what more do you want to see from him? 
apart from sticking it in the back of the net, obviously. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it just makes me laugh at this point. And I was thinking, like, how bleak it is. <laughs> yeah. my, you know, all I want to see is the fast man, basically. That's that's yeah, my that's enjoyment it. levels from these games at the minute. Like... Put the fast guy on. I, I was quite surprised he brought uh, Billy on at the end, actually. I thought he might have given Brewster a little go um, with it being his old club and stuff. But yeah. it's going to be really interesting. I mean, Wilder's interview after really defeatist and stuff, which is understandable. He said he said it was realistic, not defeatist, and he's probably right in fairness. So, Missed choice of words there from me. But I think that... I don't know. He, he, you could tell he just wants it over as well, don't I? Yeah, I know, exactly. What what more is there to say, to be honest, mm-hmm. than... Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> the longer it goes, the more odd his sound bites are sort of becoming a little bit. So, yeah, let's... Uh, Let's just skip to the end. I suppose good news is we've got another game on Wednesday, so we can take another oh, game off. Do you know when I saw that? I was look, what were I looking at? Oh, yeah, we're doing my Fantasy League team. Bottom of my work, Fantasy League. Oh, unbelievable, terrible. So he's like United. Yeah, um, and I was looking at... I've got Ollie Watkins in my team. And it popped up like he had two games this week. Uh, Leeds, Sheffield United. I think, what? Sheffield? Oh, no, we're playing Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Well, we'll uh, we'll get to that in due course. Anything else you want to say about uh, about Liverpool? No. no. Yep. <laughs> That's absolutely fair. Well, I mentioned Rob Kosluck there, and uh, we're going to do a game that Rob Kosluck actually appeared in for the Blades. He's Yes, which, which ties in with our strike force yesterday as well. So, yeah, that was uh, that was something else you uh, you put to me last time. We had a all slaphead strike force. Yeah, someone on I can't remember who it was. So forgive me, but someone on S two said it was Fabian Brandy and Marlon King. Yeah, the last but... slaphead strike force that we had. Yes, yeah, that one is probably better forgotten, isn't it? I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't want to think about that. Right, should we uh, should we do our memorable match for this week? Let's the, do it. The main event. This is what I'm really looking forward to. We're going back to April 1st, 2001, as I said at the top, the 100th league meeting between uh, United and Wednesday. I don't know why that, you know, because I, I, in my head this was the 100th derby and then I was I, I looked it up and there's been 131 now. It's like it's never been 30 I, I since I thought it down as the 100th derby, actually. No, it's a league meeting. Ah, is that what it is? Right. Yeah, so I don't know if they just tried to make a big deal out of that, but that's kind of... yeah. Not that interesting, really. Um, this was the first win over Wednesday since 1992, which makes it my first win over Wednesday since I got into football. Is that same for you? I was into football uh, the first when we did the double over them in the early 90s. Uh, mm. I must have been only like seven or eight or whatever. But I do. I went to the, went to the home game in that, so I can't say this was my first win. First mm. win as a what I can proper remember, I suppose. Yeah, proper fan. Yeah. Um, this was the third meeting between the clubs that season. So we'd, uh, what, we'd gone like five or six years between games, hadn't we? Because obviously mm. we got relegated from the Premier League uh, and Wednesday had got relegated the season prior to this. So yeah, it's, it's interesting this actually because na- I'm not just slagging Wednesday off for the sake of this year, but nowadays, like, sort of finishing up a Wednesday is not this huge thing. You have to remember, you know, since the 80s, basically, or 79 or whatever it was when they went up the Boxing Day Massacre season, we'd only finished above them once up until this season in that time, mm. till 2001. So sort of getting one over them were huge for us at the time. It's all really quite even now in the past, like, 30 years. I think we've been above them more times than they've been above us. In fact, but at this particular point, there were no doubt that they were the the top team. You know, there were no arguments at all that they were the the more established club. Yeah, but uh, but going into this game, they'd had a 
a dreadful season. I mean, back-to-back yeah. relegations were a, a very realistic yeah. possibility. Um, maybe maybe six weeks before this game, I suppose, because they actually were in really good form, weren't they? Um, coming yeah. into this job, I think they won six of their last eight games, and that had lifted them out of the bottom three. Yeah, I think they've got um, a couple of loan signings. I think Carlton Palmer came back and um, mm-hmm. Trent Saltvet, uh, a couple of experienced because they had quite a young team. If you look at the team from Wednesday, they've got like Alan Quinn and Bromby in there, and um, uh, what's his name, the Lescott, Aaron Lescott. You know, quite a lot of youngish players in there. Mm. Yeah, so um, this was the third meeting between the clubs this season. So, yeah, we, we've gone that six years, and then of course we uh, the fixture list comes out. Like first. You know, first derbies between yeah. United and Wednesday for years, and then we end up playing them in the League Cup of all things, and that became the first. Um... I went to that. Oh, oh that's unlucky. What round? We was were this? we were all over in that match. Absolutely, was such a. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, maybe this is my memory playing tricks on me, but every derby we had against Wednesday under Warnock, I felt that we hammered them. <laughs> but the results never actually. The results don't reflect that. Yeah. No, I, I do remember that. Being a yeah, United were well on top, weren't they? I'd, I'd seen like yeah. Montgomery at the post and all sorts. This is in Bennett, first... but, uh, just before a cuckoo scored their winner. Mm, yeah, like was... an open goal. I was right behind that. I'm like oh. no. <laughs> yeah, God, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, so that was a that was a two-one defeat after extra time. Michael Brown scored for United, and uh, Effin Koku scored twice, I think. For uh, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we'd had the the first league game uh, between the two at Bramall Lane. That was a one-all draw. Bobby Ford with a penalty, and then great uh, celebration from this, I think, from Bobby Ford. Like pure joy and emotion and anger and aggression. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I think it's Ian Hendon in it with a massively deflected free yeah. kick to, uh, yeah. to equalise uh, and just keep the Wednesday's little unbeaten streak against us going. But then, yeah, yeah we go into this game at Hillsborough. Um, I think this is the standout memory from an otherwise very bland season, like one of the honest, most bland seasons. We'd gone sixth in the in the league after a three-one away win at QPR on March the third, hmm. but then we'd lost the next three and we were eight points off the playoffs when this game came. We actually were really, we went on a really good run and we got six, and you're thinking this could be a decent season. This then we just like completely bottled it and lost the next three and we. I mean, as this game came on, we were just absolutely... There's so many injuries. Mm. And loads of... Go ahead, sorry. Sorry, yeah, we had, like, Pesky Salido out, Sufo out, um, Michael Brown were out, uh, Santos were out, uh, Lee Sanford were out. We have loads and loads of injuries. Yeah, well, let's let's run through the teams as they were, then. So, for Wednesday, Kevin Pressman in goal, of course. Uh, Just a perennial thorn in our side during these years, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Two uh, two future exploits, I should say, in the uh, in the lineup. Lee Bromby being one of them. Yeah. Des Walker, Ashley Westwood, Aaron Lescott. You mentioned who is Jolie and Lescott's brother. Um, yeah, yeah, that was news to me as well, actually. Um, who I think was playing out of position. Actually, I think he was a midfielder, but he was playing right back and uh, had a pretty good game. Carlton Palmer, as you said, Alan Quinn being the other um, future blade. Trond Egil Saltvet, great name. Gilles de Builder, Bob, 
and uh, <laughs> Effin Okoku and Gerald Seabon up front. And, yeah, it's a strange makeup this Wednesday team, isn't it? I guess yeah. it's a, a little bit of a hangover of being in the Premier League the season before. It's a classic, you've just been relegated squad. <laughs> squad. <laughs> like a couple of foreign sort of big money signings in there, a lot of experience with like sort of Kuku and a lot of youngsters coming through. It's just all over the place, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, for United, Simon Tracy and goal. Rob Ollathorne at left back, Keith Curl and Sean Murphy in the middle, Rob Koslick at right back. Midfielder Darren Bullock making his debut. Uh, he'd just been signed prior to this. Mm. Uh, Paul Devlin and Bobby Ford and Peter Unlove. So Unlove on the left wing, uh, yeah. Devlin on the right. And then uh, Asaba, Carl Asaba that is, and uh, Laurent Jaffo up front. Yeah, um, yeah. Darren Bullock signing. Uh, I, I'm sure he signed on deadline day, which used to be around like mid March, I think, didn't it? Yeah, this was his first. I think he's when with this game again. This was like just the first of April. I've got yeah. a feeling. I, I think he signed a couple of days before this match. Yeah, that's that's how I remember it as well. It was it was definitely his debut, and apparently only played because uh, another new signing, Andy Morrison, who. I had to Google. Mm. I have absolutely no memory of whatsoever. He was really good for a bit of a cult hero at Man City when they came up from League One themselves mm. you know, in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, he really suffered with injuries. I think he was a decent defender, actually, but never never got, got over the injuries. He was indeed a centre-half, and he is indeed very popular at Man City. He's uh, is like a, a club ambassador for them nowadays. But yeah, he, he just signed yeah. as well, apparently, and he got injured. Um, so Bullock started instead. Um, Peter Shreves was the... Uh, the Wednesday manager, he'd taken over, I think, midway through this season, right? I think Wednesday yeah. started... Was it Paul Wednesday Jewell? Three and Paul Jewell, manager. Mm. Uh, Paul Jewell had, actually had a really good line. Uh, to When we when um, uh, Wednesday beat us in the League Cup, Warnock said, if I were... <laughs> typical Warnock. If I were Wednesday, I'd be worried this season. Even <laughs> 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 though they just beat us. And Paul Jewell, to be fair to him, with a good line, turned around and said, well, I can say what it wants, but our reserve team just beat their first team. Oh, shots fired. Yeah, that is uh, that is a good comeback, to be fair. Although, you know, Warnock, uh, Warnock was on the money about them being worried. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they would yeah. go on to finish just five points clear of relegation, I think, and, uh, you know, kind of continue a bit of a, a downward spiral over the next few years. Mm. Um, this was the second time Peter Shrees had been their manager. He was actually the manager when they got relegated to the Premier League, from the Premier League as well. That's right. So he was, he was caretaker for um, when Danny Wilson got sacked, right? Yeah, that's right. I did. I think Ron Atkinson came back in, didn't he, for a bit? Yeah, that was in the late 90s, I thought. That, that like... Yeah, I can't, yeah I'm, I'm all over the place with these Wednesday managers, to be fair. Just a little bit before my memory properly gets going with football. But yeah, <laughs> um, he definitely was the manager when they, uh, when they, when they were relegated, but he, he hadn't had the whole season. Yeah, fair enough. Right, so this game, um, <laughs> I think this is, this is a case study in how something can be really low quality, but also memorable. <laughs> because, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've watched the full game, haven't we? We've watched the full game, so you don't have to. United... Uh... Don't watch it. It's an appalling match. <laughs> it, is, it is horrendous. <laughs> and uh, I don't even think... See, you know, part of me is like, oh, this is just what football used to be like. You know, it's, we're going back 20 years here, almost to the day, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can hear John Helm, the commentator, like stewing in his chair at various points. Going, like, yeah, oh. like, they keep giving it away, and he's giving it away, and he's giving it away. <laughs> oh, it's another foul. There's been umpteen fouls in this first yeah. half. Yeah, it's, it is really low quality, particularly in that first half. I mean, it, it basically just goes foul, 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 handball, 
Foul, 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 corner. Foul, 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 offside. Yeah, it's... Uh... I think United shaded the game as a whole, <clears throat> to be fair. But the, I, I don't know what Wednesday's tactics were. They were sort of like, a, like again, a relegation time, a hybrid of like sort of long ball direct with people like Carlton Palmer in there and a cuckoo up front. But also trying to play it around, but they weren't good enough to do it. We were pretty much just very direct. At least we knew what we wanted to do in this game. Yeah, which was generally get it out wide to Unlove and uh, yeah. and Paul Devlin and uh, yeah. and hope they could create something, which, to be fair, was a, a you know tactic that paid dividends in this game and just, just mm. generally for us, I suppose. I mean, yeah. I think one... Uh, watching So watching this game again, I think one thing I'd sort of uh, underappreciated is Alan Quinn going off injured after 35 minutes. Because I would say he was their standout player. He was. At this point, he was their biggest, their best player, I think, in terms of like the most well-liked player. I went on Owl's talk, actually, looking about <clears throat> what they were saying about this game. And I don't know if they mean this particular match, but he obviously got took off injured. But they said he had an injury this season. It could be this game. Hmm. And he never came back the same. He said before that, you know, people look at Arsenal were interested in him, for instance. Oh, really? Interesting. Um, it, it looked good in this match, I thought, though, in, in the half an hour or whatever it was he played. Yeah, so he was he was kind of playing on the left, wasn't he? And um, yeah, he was giving giving Kozluk a lot of problems. I mean, you could say what you like about Ros- Rob Kozluk there, I suppose, yeah. but serviceable. Uh, One thing I said about Kozluk, which I forgot, how good were his throw? I forgot about his long throws. This oh, this is another thing with like it, these two teams thrived on long throws. It seems. Yeah. I mean, got you got Brom uh, before Wednesday, <laughs> and uh, I feel like someone else was uh, was. It wasn't Westwood, was it? Someone else was like beaning him into the box as well. And uh, yeah, we got Ullathorne taking quite a good long throw for us, as well as um, yeah, King Kozluk himself. You saw Ampadu's throw yes, yesterday, Ampadu's. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Which were awful. You think, get Kozluk back. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, a couple of other things I forgot, actually. One is the dreadful Chupa Chups sponsor on, on Wednesday's shirt. Um, that just, Wednesday kit is all. I just it's so big. Yeah, this is another. I don't want to get all like, oh, you know, I remember when, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah th- this was definitely the phase for ill-fitting football shirts when it that were all tucked in as well. And yeah, it looks it looks very strange. Even even it really does. It's well. like it's almost like uh, it's still sort of half in the eighties and the nineties. It's like I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> it definitely is uh, the Wednesday band as well. If you'd ask, if you put me on the spot and asked me to say when Wednesday started having a band, I would not have thought it was in place uh, for this season. But they are unfortunately very present. Um, I thought that wasn't it Euro '96. That See, I think I've, I've written this down. I think it's Euro two thousand. I, I have a memory of um, of us uh, beating somebody at Euro two thousand Germany, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and the Wednesday band playing in that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just having a quick look. Um, John Hemingham was the uh, uh, the the instigator. He's to blame. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Well, apparently he started playing football. Heming, Hemingham uh, started playing music at football matches in 1993 when he took a bugle to a Sheffield Wednesday game away uh, at Everton. <laughs> great. <laughs> Cheers <laughs> for that, yeah. Yeah, 20-odd <laughs> years of the Wednesday band, though. Oh, I, st- I st- still don't know how they, how they put up with it, to be honest. Can you imagine if somebody's... from Bramall Lane, actually. Well, can you imagine if some of our fans tried doing that? Oh, they'd get kicked out, yeah. <laughs> By me, if no one else, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this first half, um, Tracy made a couple of saves that uh, neither of which would have counted, I don't think, so someone was offside. Seabon hit the post from uh, from a free kick where offside would have been given because uh, Wednesday play got a touch on it. But say from Tracy, got a touch on it, actually. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Pushes it onto the post. Um, John Helm, the commentator, like classic. Uh, what, what was the? Was it goals on Sunday? Was like the yeah, local that's right. ITV yeah. roundup. Yeah, not yeah. the uh, not the Sky Sports version. But yeah, John Helm was the voice of uh, of goals on Sunday, and uh, he, he was basically pleading for a goal after about twenty minutes, and it was like this game needs a goal really badly. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the the average time of possession was probably about two point three seconds at this stage. You just got like somebody tackles it and then runs straight into an opposition player, and it they dribble back the other way and immediately miscontrol it to yeah. a defender. Yeah, it really is a terrible game. It really is. <laughs> Quinn goes off injured, as I said, and then we so nearly scored from a corner while they were down to ten men waiting to bring on a sub. Uh, Sean Murphy flicks on this corner. Unloff somehow steers it wide, like yeah. he's inside the six-yard box, and he does a sort of uh, like on his knees header. Puts By the way, we this post. game. I don't think we've mentioned this. I wasn't. No. Uh, yeah, I've never actually been to Hillsborough. That's embarrassing admission. What really? Not. Uh, yeah, not for uh, not for a game of football anyway. So. Wow. Um, yeah, I see, I know. I've never seen us win at Hillsborough, so I'm never going to go again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I don't know. I just imagine how horrible it would be to be there and uh, and see us lose, which. Yeah. Uh, we did quite a lot over the, the following years, I suppose. Yeah, we did, yeah. Um, and then just for half-time, Murphy from another corner forces a good save from Pressman. Um, continuing the injury theme, Rob Ollathorne gets a whack just for half-time and he goes off, replaced by uh, Gus Ulumbeek. Goose. Yeah, yeah I, um, I once did a... <laughs> this is so stupid. Uh, me, me and my wife's... Bro- well, sorry, my, my brother-in-law, my wife's brother... Uh, we once put together a boo eleven of uh, <laughs> right <laughs> of, of players who uh, who you would make the sort of you know ooh noise about. Yeah. Which goose was one? I yeah, can't remember yeah. the rest of them now. Samasia boo is another one. I clearly remember, remember people booing goose Olympic after a while <laughs> when when everyone used to go goose to people in the cockpit. Boo! No, how can you boo goose? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's a phrase, isn't it? Anyway, um, yeah, he comes on. I'm pretty sure Olympic was a right-back only. Yeah, right? that's right. So, he looks a bit out of sorts, I think, at left-back in this match, to be honest. Just a little bit, yeah. Um, but a few minutes into this second half, United do take the lead, and it's <laughs> it's a goal fitting the game, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Trace, Tracy collects the ball, sends an absolute booming kick down the just field. Just before you get onto that, I what I think Tracy's kicking, but I always remember it being good, it's phenomenal. If you look at like other goalkeepers these days, I know a lot of teams pass it out and stuff. But when you're even in the lower leagues, Tracy could like score. <laughs> from yeah. it, it, the, the best, like the, the strongest kicks I've ever seen from a goalkeeper. I think They're quite accurate as well. I mean, yeah, it really, that... really is good at kicking it out. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good at kicking, not good at football. Have you seen that clip of? Um, it's it's yeah. like the iconic. Yeah, you have. Yeah, the yeah. iconic clip of uh, when the when the back pass law came in. <laughs> and it's, I think it's a way at Spurs anywhere he's just like oh my god what can I do I can't pick the ball up anymore and ends up just losing it and it's so it. bad there's, a, there's a, a, a popular theory that the back pass law uh, ended John Lukic's career <laughs> because he just couldn't deal with it and he just like sort of kept, kept making terrible mistakes and never played at the top flight level again uh, but uh, yeah, you're right. There's there's some there's some proper pings from him in, uh, in this one, mm. particularly later in the game. But um, get him in midfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tracy sends this one flying through the air. Land it bounces in their half. Uh, Des Walker makes a mistake of letting it bounce. Yeah, it, 
Yeah, it is. But it's good play by Carlos Saba, who has spent a lot of the game fouling defenders. But this one, he <laughs> very fairly outmuscles Walker and sort of levers him off the ball, lays it back to his strike partner, Jaffo. It's on the penalty spot, and he smashes it in in front of the Blades fans. Lauren Jaffo, probably his, his finest moment in a Blades shirt, I'd say. Is there yeah, anything else so. that springs to mind? I can't think of anything else. I think this is his crowning glory. And a, a uh, celebration to match the game. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, John, expand on that. He doesn't really do anything, does he? He just looks a bit <laughs> angry that he scored and sort of like just storms around. <laughs> yeah, I think the rest of our players look uh, look happier with, with events yeah. than he does. Yeah, but he smashes it in. With, with the club he scored, he made more appearances for United than any of his other clubs in his, <laughs> do we call it a storied career? That took Obviously him, uh, uh, more renowned, probably most famous for having a metal plate in his back. Was it his back or his... Oh no, it was his... Yeah, sorry, I was getting a mix up with Santos there. Who had the, uh... Yeah, where he's back, yeah, uh, and a metal plate. I remember when we signed him, I, 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 it might be me and my dad like saying, uh, why have we signed him? He's got a metal plate in his back, he can't run like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not uh, not the greatest striker, but certainly a, a great moment. Sweeps that yeah. one into the goal. Um, Wednesday had been terrible and actually came closest to equalising via one of our own players. Just a shocking corner from Seabon and Bullock uh, swings his foot at it, just slices it goalwards. Tracy yeah. makes a fantastic save to prevent an yeah, own goal. Yeah, really, it's a great save, that, to be fair, from Tracy. It comes so quick and it's high. You know, really yeah. good save from him. Oh, God, can you imagine if that goes in on his debut? He scores Bullock's an own goal. He's head off, isn't he, after? He is, yeah. I know. I remember I remember at school the next day, Like that was that was all everyone was talking about, was <laughs> Bullock's reaction. I mean, so you can laugh about it now, mate, but if that yeah, goes in, know, we're not yeah. laughing. That would be one of the worst debuts ever, surely, if you score an own goal. Yeah. In a uh, in a Sheffield derby, in I front think we of the can Wednesday sort of goal. see from this game. I think Bullock put so much effort in, and I think Bobby Ford and Bullock actually won that midfield battle. To be fair, against Saltvet and Palmer somehow, mm. uh, but I think we can also say technically why he never played at Championship level for the majority of his career. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Um, three minutes after this, probably the best bit of football of the game. Mm. Uh, nice work by Bobby Ford. You mentioned plays a good ball down the line to Devlin. He stands up the cross and a really good controlled header by Asaba. He's yeah. like falling away from goal, isn't he? And just sort of yeah. steers it in slow motion, but uh, but into the corner of the net. The same the same corner that uh, Leon Clark would score his second. In, yeah, uh, several or several decades later, I should say. And it, and it had it had that feel watching it back actually of like. Is this going in? You know, it just sort of creeps towards so the corner. So slow, of the goal. yeah. yeah. You, can't, you can't blame Pressman. I don't think he can do because he's so in the corner that you can't blame him, but it, it almost looks like he's made a mistake because it's that slow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get a little bit of surprise factor as well, I suppose, just to, you know, mm. the way he is falling there and, yeah, just as I say, just steers it into the corner. Um, that really feels like we're just going to cruise it from there because, yeah, I think we're, we're definitely edging the game at this point. Wednesday have done absolutely nothing, as I said, you know. Tracy's barely made a save from uh, from a shot that would have counted or wasn't from his own man. But yeah. then um, Gerald Seabon scores an absolutely brilliant goal five minutes later. So this is the 75th minute. What a fantastic strike I, this is. I think we should touch on Seabon. I think he's so far technically above the rest of the players on this pitch <laughs> yeah. in terms of... But he does some awful things at the same time. You can sort of see both... He's quite clearly, it's almost like he's playing a completely different game <laughs> to everybody else. He's so calm on the ball and he's 
his passing's good, but then he'll just do something like shoot from 70 yards out. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I was... I was fascinated by his performance rewatching yeah. this game. Like, I didn't go into this rewatch thinking I really want to. I really want to see how Gerald Seaborn played in this game. Yeah, I, I, knew, I remembered him scoring a good goal. I just couldn't remember exactly what the details were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you say, just technically, clearly better than every other player. But I mean, I, I think his free kicks are just or set pieces. Generally, are a microcosm of mm. the kind of player he was, I suppose, because he'll fizz in some absolute beauties, but then. There's somebody just like, oh god, what the hell was that? That was like absolutely amateur. I mean, I there's one. It was so frustrating as a Wednesday fan because he's clearly a really, really good player, but he's also clearly not able to produce that quality uh, as many times as they they would have liked. But it was it's it's the the bizarre dichotomy of like, I'm either going to do something amazing or <laughs> completely amateur. There's, there's just no middle ground to his game at all. He played 129 games for Wednesday. I've just had a look. Did he score in the uh, the the next 2-1 win at Hillsborough, which was in 2006? No, Akimai... that, that was um, Paul oh, Steve McLean. Hmm, really? With a pen, yeah. Um, no. No, I think we're, we're thinking of a different game. Uh, the promotion season where Akin Bailly and Michael Tong scored. Yeah, I'm sure that was. Let me just double-check that. Uh, Sibon left Wednesday in 2002, so it was the season after this, yeah, actually. Can't have been that, yeah. Um, just give me one minute. I'm, I, I thought it were a... Uh, um... It was a penalty. Huh, yeah, was, sorry. Yeah, was, uh, hey, excuse me, you're absolutely right. And was, it, was it McLean? Yeah, it's uh, oh, right. you're, yeah, yeah. you're spot on. I'm, I'm the idiot, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> That'll do, Ig- mate. Ignore me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I must be thinking about a different game uh, altogether. Just, just a massive well, a bit of a tangent because I'm just looking at the match report from this 2006. Warnocks after the match said, "There's no co- tougher games than coming to Hillsborough against the enemy." <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so this is in the 75th minute. This goal by Sibon. It's sort of a high ball into the box. He pulls it out the air with one touch. Has another touch on his right foot to flick it like round the corner, and then wellies it in on the volley with his left. You know, Tracy absolutely no chance. Uh, a really, really technically excellent goal. And, uh, yeah, it looks like that's going to give Wednesday a way mm. back into the game. Um, well, that we... makes a quick sub, doesn't it? Brings Nick Montgomery on. Yeah, for a uh, a tired bullock, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, teenage Nick Montgomery comes on. And then at the uh, the other end of the playing career spectrum, David Kelly comes on for Lauren Jaffo. David Kelly were the top goal scorer this season with a huge six goals. I mean, you know, McGoldrick's nearly got that this season. <laughs> I was surprised. He, those were his only, I think this was his only season with us, Ned Kelly, wasn't it? Is that right? Yeah, you're probably right. We're getting on, obviously, weren't we? He certainly only scored six goals for us, so I don't know if he... Did you watch put... the season review video for this season? Not for this, but I have seen it before. There's an unbelievable bit at the start where the interviewer is interviewing George Santos, who's a new signing. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, what do you think the, the ambitions are for this season? And Santos says something like, I think we can go up. And the, the reporter goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then Santos goes, yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? He's, well, yeah, I suppose. It's just like the <laughs> reporter's going, you're not going to go up. Are you mad? <laughs> it's nice to have dreams, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah I like David Kelly. He, he, there's not enough grey-haired footballers these days, is there? Who's, yeah. Who, it was the last one, do you reckon? Graham Cavanaugh? Oh, that's a fantastic question. Nah, the last grey-haired footballer. Playing play in the top couple of leagues. Oh, let's, let's put it like I'm that. Sure I re- I re- 
Graham Cavan is who I'm going for. He's played for Cardiff. And actually, at four I Wednesdays, always think that Cavan Patterson at Wednesday's grave, but he's not. <laughs> if you know what I mean. I don't know why. He was having him down as a grey man. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I think he was only 35 here, Ned Kelly. Um, and I always liked him. I thought he was a pretty sort of savvy striker, to be honest, even if he only scored six times for us. Um, a huge amount of strikers, uh, which is not surprising this, yeah. this season. We had Dijafo, Kelly... Uh, Sufo came into it obviously halfway through we bought Pesky Solido we bought Asaba mm. uh, Umluff played up front a few times Marcus Bent started the season up there uh, we had Andy Smith if you remember him I do yeah Did, uh, this was also I think I was big into football manager or champ manager around this time so yeah I yeah. was uh, oh you were good I, at that yeah 2001 I had him at Gillingham actually one season yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we had um, uh, Thomas on loan from Blackburn Oh, James Thomas, yeah. James scored, Thomas. Yeah. Uh, and there's a... another one. Just give me... Oh, yeah, Newton. John Newbay, who I thought had gone by this point. Oh, was he still with the squad? It was yeah, on loan I, from I, Liverpool, right? Yeah, I, I thought Bruce had signed him on loan, but I've obviously got that wrong. Hmm. Yeah, not not sure. Um, so, yeah, we made those substitutions. Montgomery actually had a shot from the... Uh, the edge of the box, which is Montgomery's yeah. game's different, I think, in this game. If you know, he's more of a ball player. <laughs> he was fantastic when he came into this team. He, was, I'm sure he was like, I don't want to say he was a creative player, but he was like a, almost like a winger, like a a wide midfielder. I remember him in that mm. first derby at Hillsborough, the the League Cup game. He hit the post, didn't he? I, I'm pretty sure he hit the post, and uh, yeah, he that's had a right. Of yeah. Good chances yeah, as well. I think he, he just up looks ground. a completely different player to what he became. He, he's not fantastic on the ball. He's not doing defence splitting passes, but he looks comfortable. He's comf- confident. Yeah, confident on the ball. Yeah, um, getting towards stoppage time now. 88th minute. I've not seen. I'd like completely forgot this. The referee basically goes like forehead to forehead with Warnock. Did you see this? Yeah, I did see this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Though? I think yeah. Warnock's like. Moaning about a throw in or something banal, yeah, like, right, he, yeah. like he does. The ref runs right up to him and, and he, he genuinely touches his forehead to warn him. It's like <laughs> if you did that on the pitch, the other guy would go down, yeah. wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On Warner, by the way, did you know they were wearing a full United kit? <laughs> oh, shut up. He was honestly socks, shorts, shirt underneath. <laughs> did he did take his tracksuit off at full time? Like, <laughs> he took his track, there's a sprint in the program after. Uh, or a couple of programs after, I couldn't find it, so I wasn't going to send you a picture of it. But there is a picture of him, sort of with his uh, the the tracksuit top, what he's wearing, zipped down a little bit, and you can see he's got a shirt underneath. <laughs> awful. This is before John Terry did his Champions League final <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, um, we go into four minutes of stoppage time. Uh, Westwood goes off injured for Wednesday. They've already made all three subs: Steve Harkness. And uh, Michaeli DPAD being the other subs, yeah. Uh, so, the, so the down to ten men for stoppage time. You, you beat with the stupidest foul ever. Like I was, oh, even though so I knew the, re- I, I, even I knew the result, it. I was angry. <laughs> yeah, I was probably like, why, why have you fouled him there? He's going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, Ikoku just like dribbling away from goal in the corner, and Ulenbeek just brings him down for no reason at all. And yeah, this is this is one of Seabon's good free kicks. He absolutely fizzes one in. It's just over DPAD's head. Yeah. Um, then Trace Colton... is nowhere, is he? He's just like flapping around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's a fantastic ball. I'm not sure it really what is. Yeah. Uh, Carlton Palmer has a 30 yarder straight at Tracy, and at the other end, Devlin has a good run and uh, shot straight at Pressman. I, I, I haven't actually looked this up, but I'm sure John Elm said that Carlton Palmer hadn't scored for seven years. Wow. Is that right? Can that possibly be right? <laughs> that, that, yeah. I don't well, he really... won't renounce the goal scorers. Is that famous clip not. on the uh, Graham Taylor documentary where he scores and 
Brent Taylor's going, why is he there? Why is he there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking now. Unless it's unless it meant maybe it's the Ants good four. It must be Ants good four Wednesday for seven years because he left them in '94 yeah. and then returned. But yeah, hardly a prolific goal scorer anyway. So yeah, there we go. Um, they had one last long throw into the box, which we clear, and the full-time whistle blows, and it's a win for the Blades. Oh, terrible ex- clearance from Peter Unlove at the end of this match after the whistle had gone. <laughs> he just missed it's an awful sort of like bit of football. <laughs> our, uh, that is our 16th, or that was our 16th ever win at Hillsborough. Obviously had a yeah. few more since then, although not too many more. You know, away wins in derbies don't come around very often. Warnock's, uh, Warnock's Warnock first... little war dance. It's, yeah, tell me about the war dance. I don't remember this because I weren't at the match, but I remember it being quite legendary after that. He went on the pitch and did a war dance. So there's a, um, an interview with him in 442 magazine where he says, in hindsight, do you regret doing the war dance after beating Sheffield Wednesday last season? One replies, not in the least. It was a lovely dance. <laughs> and, I enjoy, and I enjoyed every minute. All I did was jump up and down, run on the spot for a bit, and then jump up and down again. I wish I'd have been yeah. able to throw in a handstand as well. Do I regret it? Do I hell? <laughs> Odd. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm glad we got the actual description of what a war dance is because I'm, I'm not totally clear on it myself. So. No, I don't know why the war. I mean, the, I don't know why it's a war dance. I mean, I don't. Know, <laughs> I, there's a couple of things if you type it in on Google and it comes up because oh, he, he did a war dance after after they beat Wednesday. But I think it was just a little bit of a jig on the spot that he did. <laughs> yeah, so maybe, maybe they just called it a war dance afterwards. Um, yeah. Right. Let's let's get into a, a fun mm. fact or of footnotes up. Oh, there's a lot to say about this one, actually. I all mine are based on Sheffield Wednesday players. This is good. I'll, I'm going to give you give you the floor here because I've got a, I've got a bunch, and some of them are more interesting than others. So go on, right. hit me. Did you know Peter Shreves' name is not Peter Shreves? <laughs> this is this is my kind of content. No, no, I did not. <laughs> right, basically, his, his name is Peter Shreve with no S at the end. Uh, <laughs> And Peter Shreve in an interview in 2008 said, my real name is Peter Shreve, but over the years, so many people got it wrong. But in the end, I thought, why not? I'll just be called Shreves. <laughs> what? You can't just do that. <laughs> he Are said, he looked in the, I looked in the club handbooks, and one year my name is spelled Shreves, and the other time it's Shreve, but more people call me Shreve, so that's it. <laughs> that's absolutely ridiculous. It's mad. That's not his name. You can't, I can't just go around calling myself Andre. <laughs> Well, maybe you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, that's. I'm, I'm a bit. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. That was. I thought you were going to be like his real name, Steve, or something like that. No, Although actually, Shreve. Steve Shreve would be good. No, he's, he's, that's his. That's his birth name. And I love how just like flippant. Well, whatever. Call me anything. I'm not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is tremendous. Peter, the, you don't get managers that look like Peter Shreves or Peter Shreve anymore, do you? Looks no. Very, very much. Like big geography teacher vibes from uh, from his his expression, his attire. He seems know, like a really nice old fashioned man. I think Peter Shreves. Yeah, I, I think I, opens around... the door for a lady. <laughs> <laughs> I think around this time, I was you know it was uh, you know just you automatically hated whoever the Wednesday manager was. Yeah. But I don't think I could hate Peter Shreves. And I think especially... he did a really good job at this point. I remember before that I, I listened to this match at my mate's house. There were a couple of us there, 
Um, I missed the first call because I were having a, having a wee, funnily enough, which is another toilet anecdote there. Um, and I said everyone cheering downstairs. But I do Have remember, you ever but, seen a United goal? I've to... never seen a score. Never seen. <laughs> yeah. uh, imagine if it had been there this season. I literally wouldn't have seen a score. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking that, actually. It really wouldn't have been a problem at all this season. No, know. no, I don't want to miss Very low, low percentage. Uh, but, yeah, we, um, I remember the pre-match interview coming. I remember really nervous before this game because Wednesday were on a really good run, like you said. And um, he came on, on the radio, and they and they just brought Palmer and Saltvert in and stuff like that. And I think he did a good job, Shreves. To be fair, I don't know what really happened, why he got fired or anything like that. To be completely honest, or Shreve, should I say? <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's right, yeah one of the Wednesday managers that I can respect more than certain others. I think definitely. <laughs> he went to, to become after the Wednesday manager he became the Barnet assistant manager. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, good man. Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, I'll let you go the, your. The very storied career, actually, as a, mm-hmm. as a manager or assistant manager, mm-hmm. anyway. Forrest Spurs. He was a Wales assistant manager in uh, 1991. Yeah. Very good. Um, where to start? Uh, I'm going to go with um, Laurent Jaffo, later became a scout. Mm. And he recommended a striker to Neil Warner, because you would. Do you know who that striker was? Uh, it's got to be a French striker. Sure. Yeah, hang on. I've, I've not narrowed it down there. Uh, let, let me give you a bit, a bit more clues. It could be. I'm going to say he signed about a thousand strikers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was that, a yeah. this was a striker that we didn't sign. His his Ooh. club at the time wanted a hundred thousand, and uh, we were not willing to pay it. Apparently, uh, is it Didier Drogba? It is Didier yeah, Drogba. I do was... remember this? Yeah, I remember. I remember Warnock mentioning it after uh, Chelsea beat us in the Premier League. I could yeah. have had him, but the board won't yeah. let me have him. <laughs> 100,000 on Lauren Jaffo's recommendation for uh, Didier Drogba. And he well, I later... should have a word with Jaffo, actually. <laughs> yeah, he later moved to Chelsea for 24 million and obviously uh, one of the, uh, well, I suppose, one of the greatest strikers in the Premier League, to be honest. Isn't he? I'm and sure the, we uh... could have had Maradona, Drogba. <laughs> what a team. Tore Andre Flo were on trial early at one point. We never, we never took uh, him yeah. on. Yeah. I was excited about him, yeah. But that was uh, that was my, that was my Lauren Jaffo fact. I think that's the only, um, apart from this goal, that's his other crowning achievement. I think. Yeah, is, uh... well, he did recommend a few players to us. I think he was sort of contact contracted to us. I don't know about contracted, but he definitely had contacts at United. Mm. To Do you, have you uh, have you written down our signings from this season that we were talking about separately? Um... Is that... No, I've not, but I, I can sort of say off the top of my because I've got the, the program in front of me here. It's uh, Angus Ullenbeek, Nicholas Weber, uh, George Santos. Um... It's a French connection there, you see. That's two Frenchmen. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, George Santos. Uh, who, were the other, who were the other guys that we, we signed? Um, there were a guy who never played. I can't remember who it was now. Oh, I can't remember. Obviously, never played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, well, Webber. Well, yeah, with Nicholas Webber, he only played a couple of games. We signed a few throughout the season. Obviously, the transfer window was different here. We had Frank Tallier. Mm. Oh, uh, the goalkeeper, yeah. Yeah, obviously, loads of strikers, as we mentioned, and stuff like that. But um, I think we signed about eight and a Keith Kill were a new signing. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, go on, give me your next, uh, your next bit of trivia. Do you know about Jill's Debuild and his obsession with dogs? <laughs> no, but I want. This to. is this doesn't. This is not as a. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a Phoenix, Phoenix Knight sort of thing going on. Here. <laughs> but yeah, Joseph Bill was the subject of an attempted News of the World expose shortly after he arrived in England in 1999. He had been with Sheffield Wednesday for a couple of months, and the newspaper claimed to have proof that he had smuggled his two pet Doberman past customs illegally, without making them go through quarantine. He also, in 2005, uh, campaigned for a European ban on dog fur. 
and was fined in 2006 for missing a, I can't pronounce this team name, it's Wilbrook Meerhoff in Belgium. Not sure. Um, he missed a match to, because one of his dogs died. Oh, what a guy. I'm, I'm, yeah. as a, a... And he also refused a move to Aston Villa. Paul Jewell, the manager, said, I fixed him up with a three-month loan to Aston Villa. But when I called him to tell him, he said, I've got a problem. No one at Villa will look after my dogs if I go there. <laughs> so he didn't go. <laughs> so what you're saying is Aston Villa, a club that hates dogs. Yeah, that's it. They won't look after Gilles de Bilde and his, and his love of dogs. Absolute gits. Wow, Bob de Builder has really gone up in my estimation. As, yeah, as a, absolute a, dog lover. Yeah, yeah. As, 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 as a fellow dog owner, you and I, yeah. I'm sure we can we can sympathise with. Uh, sometimes, you yeah. I like, I like him missing the game because his dog died. I think. Imagine. Can you imagine the stick lunch from have got this season? Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> he's not, his dog got... died yesterday. He's not playing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is that is excellent. How the hell do you smuggle? Do you say two Doberman? Two Doberman he smuggled into customs. And the news I of the mean, world tried to expose him. It's not exactly a two-hour, is it? Massive story, weren't it? Sheffield Wednesday striker struggling to do Doberman in. But how do you smuggle two Doberman through customs? You can't like put them in a bag, can you? They're I don't massive. know. He says, yeah. "Yeah, smuggle two Dobermans past customs illegally without having them go through quarantine." <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah. I love it. All right. Uh, Darren Bullock. Ah, oh, where to start with Darren Bullock? How about this one? He uh, In 2010, he appeared on the game show Deal or No Deal. Did you know that? I didn't know. Did I? It, not only did he appear on it, he walked away with over £13,000 after accepting like... the banker's offer. Yeah, seriously. Oh, I, I'm, I'm typing this in as, as I speak just to make sure you're not lying to me. No, no, I'm not, unless the internet is lying at me. But it was one of those yeah, things I, yeah, looked, it's there, yeah. I uh, looked up several different things to make sure it wasn't uh, like total nonsense. Um, he, he seems like an old school character, Bullock. Yeah. Uh, in, in searching for me, he pops up on a, uh, an article interviewing Craig Bellamy, who says uh, it was common for players to threaten to break your legs. <laughs> So this is he's talking about he says a guy called Darren Bullock, which I think tells you everything that uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Said about that. Uh in February ninety nine we played Berry at Gig Lane, but uh, Bullock actually played for Warnock under uh, excuse me, played for Warnock uh, at Berry and Huddersfield. Uh when I wandered out for the warm up before the game, a guy called Darren Bullock was loitering in the tunnel. He had some skinhead psychic sidekick standing next to him, and they were both getting Larry. Oi, Bellamy, I heard one of them say as I went past, you're going to get your legs broken today. Luckily for me, you think that's good? Luckily for me, Bullock didn't hang around long enough to do me any damage. He got sent off after 11 minutes for dancing on Peter Grant's head. <laughs> <laughs> it was his home debut too. <laughs> Nothing uh, like making a hard man in the programme. Because uh, obviously the first programme after uh, is the first, he's so welcome to the club and he says, Sheffield United had hard man, Darren Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> a hard man who was uh, not particularly successful with us, I suppose, but he'll uh, always be part of a team that won at Hillsborough with yes. uh, with the Blades. Yeah, well, how many games did he play for us? Just uh, just the six during that loan spell, and then he went to Worcester City and retired shortly afterwards. By the yeah. Of things. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else you got? This blew my mind. People might know this. I've left it to last because it's the one that I thought, "What?" Stuart Ripley came on for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Ripley left football after he retired, went on to become a solicitor, and he defended Chad Evans in court. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. that's a good connection. Yeah, for his court case in what were it, 2012, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, uh, yeah, Chad Evans' court case. Yeah. 
Chad is currently uh, in the process of suing Ripley. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, he sued Ripley and they settled out of court for £800,000, obviously because evidence came to light later and Chad Evans got released from jail or got his uh, conviction overturned or whatever. But yeah, Stuart mm. Ripley defended him. <laughs> I did not know that. That is No that wonder is a... he got sent down. He's obviously a <laughs> Wednesday connections. He's hiding the evidence, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Stuart Ripley, England International. Do you know how many England Internationals played in this game? Oh, I bet there's a few from Wednesday, aren't they? Um, yeah. he, he, he's the one that you probably wouldn't get, I think. But Carlton with, uh, Palmer. Um, yeah. Des Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one more. Is it a Wednesday player? No. Oh, uh, oh, Keith Curl. Keith Curl, yeah. Which Played I think Euro just again. Uh, sorry, Euro '92. I can't. I mean, I know you've got like Rooney playing for Derby and stuff, but it's it's kind of hard to imagine like four ex England internationals playing in a pretty average Championship teams. Really, yeah. There's Walker. I don't know, in my particular way... had a really good career. Obviously, Carl Palmer got a lot of caps under Graham Taylor, uh, so they weren't sort of bit part England players. Those two. Yeah, Stuart Ripley, just the two caps. Apparently five years between caps as well. I don't know how you manage that, but there you go. All right, good stuff. Um, I've got some uh, some other random odds and ends to uh, to finish off. Yeah. Um, actually, let's talk about save chip. I can't let this... <laughs> For some reason, this is something that uh, really did stick in my head with this derby. It's like, it's, it's almost one of the first things I remember. Um, and for anyone, I guess, under the age of... 30? Yeah. Probably will have no idea what the hell this is. When Asaba scores the second goal, camera shows the Blades fans as it does, and somebody unfurls a large hand-painted sign that's a save chip on it. Now, what was save chip? This was a campaign started by Soccer AM, of all things. Mm. Um, and it was basically a campaign where a football fan had written in asking to be saved from his girlfriend who uh, who wouldn't let him watch football. <laughs> And soccer him some like successfully, I would say, turned this yeah. into a a cult thing where yeah, definitely. It, it appeared all over the place. It was like you know, it was on loads of football matches. It was in uh, WWE. It says here it was in Championship <laughs> Manager. Um, somebody had a save chip T shirt on when he scored a goal in uh, the LDV Vans final for Port Vale as well. It was uh, it was everywhere at this time, and <laughs> yeah, it was just a. Just a very odd thing to Yeah, have, I do it? remember it. I didn't have Sky, I don't think, at the time, so I wasn't as into it as other people, but I do remember it quite, like, clearly that it were a huge thing. Good old Soccer AM. Um, it's listed, there's a section on the Soccer AM Wikipedia uh, called Achievements. <laughs> <laughs> so, some of the show's notable influences, apparently. One of them is, yeah. of course, the, the Save, Save Chip campaign is apparently an achievement. Uh, getting a golden star on the England football shirt. That was, uh, that was uh, uh, yeah, give them a tip of the hat for that one. Getting the word bounce back ability into the English dictionary, apparently, wow. is cr- credited to Soccer AM. And uh, yeah, there was also a World of Wrestling sketch with the uh, easy, easy chant as well. But these are, these are listed as achievements, which <laughs> makes me wonder if Tim Lovejoy wrote this entry. <laughs> Into I've, um, so I read a review in 442 magazine of Tim Lovejoy's book. He got one out of five, and it just said he's the most arrogant man. <laughs> it's not the. Uh, I was going to bring this up. Is it the When Saturday Comes review of his book? I I, I read it in 442, but whether they just you know sometimes they can use the same you know authors and stuff for reviews. It might be the same one. 
Yeah, I can't let it go by without mentioning this review. If, if anyone's not read it, I, I must read this like genuinely six or seven times a year. <laughs> like the review, not the book, is it's one of the Reed, most it's not wonderful. The one I'm talking about. I remember this sort of like going not viral or such, but I remember people sharing this. Now I'm talking about a different review, but yeah, okay. carry on. Yeah, just uh, anyone's not read it, just Google Tim Lovejoy when Saturday comes. It's it's a work of art, this review. It's absolutely magnificent reading. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend. No love, no joy, he's titled. <laughs> it's, it is extremely funny. Um, what else? Have you have you got any other bits of trivia about this one? No, that's basically it. There's a lot of uh, Wednesday plays in there. That I mean, I, I went through the entire squad, and there's a lot of boring stuff. Obviously, Carlton Palmer, people know about him, voted the worst player ever to play for England and all this sort of stuff. And you hear about his tiff with Letizia. <laughs> no. Um, this was only a couple of years ago. Matt Letizia said it's ridiculous. You know, I think Letizia only got nine England caps, whereas Carlton Palmer got 18 or whatever. And he said, that's what's wrong with English football. How am I only getting nine caps? And Carlton Palmer went mad about it on Twitter saying, because you don't put the effort in like I do and all this. So so she had this massive row to say on Twitter. It actually comes, I listened to on the Quickly Kevin podcast, actually, Carlton Palmer. It comes across really well. He actually says that he wouldn't want to go back into football unless he could play for Sheffield United under Chris Wilder. Hmm. Nice. But we don't want that, Carlton. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of. I didn't really know her. She was a really nice girl as well. So fair play to him. <laughs> Very good. Um, Carlos Saba, I've got a, a fact about him, and uh, we can just talk about Saba generally a little bit here, actually. But he actually scored at Hillsborough three weeks prior to this game. Yes. Yeah. Playing he had for a Gillingham. great record against them, didn't I? Oh, I didn't know that. Is, yeah. is that right? Is he they, a they hate him. When I, when I put uh, this game in an owl's talk, and there were like a lot of uh, memories about him and stuff, there was all that. Bloody Carlos Sarber, he always scores against us. I think he scored against them for Millwall as well uh, one season. Mm, yeah, might well have done. He was there a few years after he left us. Um, the thing with the Sarber, this this number is burned into my brain. I'm going to go to my grave knowing that Carlos Sarber cost £92,500. Like, mm. I don't know why Why £92,500. Like, I mean, because what did they haggle over the five hundred? <laughs> Why not nine? So straight. There's a, there's a story about this actually. We played Gillingham a couple of weeks after this. I don't mm. know if you know this story. And um, there was a Martin Samuels says this is going to be going mad. But there were a, a, an agreement oh, that Carlos Sarma couldn't play against uh, Gillingham because we just signed him for him. And all week Warnock kept saying he were playing, and it just caused havoc in the in the Gillingham press. And Paul Scully with the Gillingham chairman. Mm. And he was going mad, saying, "This, you know, this man cannot be trusted. We've done a deal and all this." And then he didn't play him in the end, and said it was all a joke, and we lost four one. So <laughs> <laughs> they had the last laugh for sure. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, but yeah, Saba, uh, ninety two and a half thousand pounds. Uh, I thought he was really good. I liked him mm. uh, a lot. He was only here for a couple of seasons. Twenty three goals in sixty seven league games. I guess this is probably his best. Best goal. I mean, he's got some good ones in the uh, yeah. some important ones in the triple assault season as well. Yeah, he, he sort of lost. He, he would started at the, the beginning of the triple assault season and lost his way, like lost his place, and then came back into it. And obviously, he started the playoff final and stuff. Then and then we uh, we got we got rid of him the year after. Yeah, um, quite a sort of skillful striker. You know, a bit of a. A bit of a do-it-all kind of striker, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, he, he was a good sort of a fairly decent physical presence. You know, put himself about. But uh, you, you were saying your your uh, wife does not like him. <laughs> no, hate hate is the word she uses actually, um, <laughs> which I think is uh, yeah. I've, I've had to interrogate this earlier because uh, 
Uh, I realise I had absolutely no idea because I've got nothing but... He seems like such a nice guy as well, Carl. I've met him once, um... actually, when I was young um, and I were outside a nightclub. I might have even been seven underage drinking again, maybe. <laughs> it was so nice. He, he was huge as well. He was like six foot two. I was like just a kid, basically, at the time. Really, really nice blow. Proper, like, signed autographs and all that. No problem. Mm, good to hear. But, yeah, my uh, my wife, the Reading fan, uh, Reading, I think it was a club record. They certainly spent a lot of money on him. And uh, I, I, that's pretty much the only club where he never did it, actually. Mm. And uh, he moved from there to Gillingham and immediately sort of caught fire again and scored loads of goals. And, uh, yeah, yeah went, went on to play for us. But, yeah, he's, uh, I mean... You know, for thick end of a hundred grand to get the what is ultimately the winning goal at Hillsborough, I think that's money. Money yeah, spent it's there, worth it in it? itself. And like you say, he got massive memories in that triple assault season as well from him. So obviously, mm. he was the guy who did the. Is that right? When Pescasledo's header, it was a Sabru sort of miss kicked that. Volley. Yeah, I think that I think that is right. Yeah, yeah it, it so, sets up the header. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's integral to that awful moment as well. <laughs> <laughs> he almost got an assist. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the team sheet on eleven v eleven dot com, which is always is a good resource, but mm. this is a little reminder to not take it completely seriously. According to this, we don't play a goalkeeper. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I said my mate this Wednesday, pad, mate, and I goes, "Look, you were that rubbish. You didn't even have to play a goalie against you." <laughs> yeah, we're we're pioneering a four three four formation with uh, with Richard Tracy as a uh, a fourth forward. Did you know that Richard Tracy is uh, is not only a real footballer; he was on United's books. I so knew he were a footballer. I didn't know he were on our books though. Did he play for Carlisle or something? Uh, yes. Yeah, that I've got that from. I'm really happy with that. That's such a useless bit of trivia that I know for some reason. Hilariously niche. Yeah, that was only <laughs> there for a se- he was only at Carlisle for a season, and uh, yeah, very good. But uh, yeah, he, um, he he began his career with the Blades apparently, um, mm. but that was three years before this game took place. But, I'm just reading. Yeah. He played in the uh, famous uh, Jimmy Glass goal uh, oh, game for Carlisle. Brilliant. Yeah. Great yeah. stuff. It's bad, though, when um, your goalkeeper scoring more goals than you in a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is a little bit. Uh, I think my final one, uh, Sean Murphy, Australian international, scored the winning goal for Australia against Brazil in the uh, Confederations Cup third-place playoff in 2001, this, yeah. Yeah. in this year. Really good, Sean Murphy. Did he, I think his wife got ill, didn't she? Yeah, and I think he uh, he left football to um, yeah be with it, spend time with her. I think. And yeah. then I think he came back, and obviously we'd got rid of him by this point. And I think he came. I've got the snooker player up here instead. Um, <laughs> got, uh, I think he went to Palace. I think that's right. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I, I always liked him. Very uh, a proper uh, presence in both penalty areas when he Murphy like. Yeah. He scored quite a few goals for us. He had classic, this season as well. Classic Championship centre half. I think. Even yeah. now, you know, you'd have someone like Murphy at the back, wouldn't you, to be fair? I certainly would right now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, with yeah. respect to uh, the ones that we're uh, forced to put out there at the minute. But, you know, um, the players that we're talking about, in fact, every single player we've talked about today will have played with Phil Jagielka. Oh, my God, yeah, you're Phil right. Phil Jagielka made his debut this season. Um, he's in one yeah. of the programmes, actually, when I was looking through it. Was, I, he, uh, I don't... Oh, yeah, I started again by this point, yeah. So all these players have actually played with Phil Jagielka. Who's, uh, who out of that team had the best United career, would you say? Um, I think Keith Kill overall. Obviously, uh, the best best career with United. Oh, with Drew United. Kill, Kill were only um, here for a season or two, weren't he? Well, I think you've got to say... I think Montgomery overall. 
Mm, yeah, well, what about the starting players then? The starting players, Simon Tracer. Uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose it would be, wouldn't it? There's, so there is a few... I guess I'm uh, sort of mischievously suggesting... Hot as well, obviously, that are really... I guess yeah. there's more... Yeah, because I think there's a few semi-forgettable names in that team, you know, mm-hmm. with, with Bullock particularly. And, you know, I know Keith Curl had a very good career, but uh, most of it wasn't with us, obviously. Rob Ullathorne, yeah. you know, fine, but not not a name that immediately springs to mind when I think of great United players from uh, from this kind of era. But, yeah, actually, there's a, there's a few here that, you know, deserve to be well-remembered. You know, Devlin it as was, well, Asaba, Unlove. It was a, they had the basis here of a really good squad, actually. We had Tongan and mm. coming through, which we, which we saw in a couple of years' time, obviously, with the, the triple assault season. Obviously, Asaba, uh, as we said, good track at this level. Pesky Slade always got goals at this level. He was a good player as well. We had Michael Brown, who we all obviously know about. Sean Murphy, really good at the back. Kozluk, whatever you think about Kozluk, you know, he, he had a decent career, didn't he? Devlin, yeah. obviously, and Unlove on the wings. Don't get much more dangerous than that, really, at championship level. And earlier on in the season, unfortunately, we sold him. We had Marcus Ben, Curtis Woodhouse, Wayne Quinn. So, you know, Santos was decent until he obviously he's, uh, he's injured. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so it, it wasn't a bad side. It was, you could sort of see what we... He'd done well, Warnock, in fairness, because we were an, we were atrocious the season before. And mm. you could sort of see that he's built this sort of team. He's had to sell players, but he's he's, he's got a plan. And with, like I say, Brown, uh, Unlove and uh, Paul Devlin, three of our better midfielders in the past 20 years, I think. Yeah, and it, it obviously did come together not the next year, but the one after that in the mm. uh, yeah where we finished third in the league and got to yeah. two semi-finals, and then uh, it just took us a few years to to rebuild beyond that, I suppose. Didn't it? Whereas but, that that Wednesday team, I mean, what the oof. best player in that game actually came to us. So. Yeah, and, and arguably the second second best player after well after Seabon anyway. Lee yeah. Bromby also ended up at us, yeah. but yeah. You can see why Wednesday struggled. Like I said, it were it were one of those teams that it's one of those bizarre relegated sides where you think they've still got some big earners there, but they've also got people in like I mean it was in the goal with Chris Adamson. What now? Oh no, it was Pressman in this one. Sorry, it was Chris Adamson in two thousand and six. I've just been reading that. Uh, Chris Adamson was a player, that is were, a name. I've yeah, they were a player I've just Les got one of them. Um you sort of think I don't even know what happened to him, you know what I mean? So yeah, Chris Adamson. Wow. Chris Adamson I've... was in goal when we beat him two one. The reason that stuck in my head is because I obviously just looked at the two one Akinbaye game before as we were talking. Yeah, so. but yeah, obviously me a Preston thousand years. I mean, it's interesting that Preston and Tracy were in goal for this one actually, because obviously mm. two really long serving players for each club. Yeah, you could have given me a thousand years. I wouldn't have been able to name Chris Adamson as the goalkeeper from that one. Um, <laughs> I literally yeah, just Pre- stuck him over because of that. I'm just having a quick look. Tracy was at United from 1988 to 2003, which is mad, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Kevin Pressman was at Wednesday from 1987 to 2004, so he beat him by a couple of years. God, that's amazing longevity from both of them, isn't it? And, um, you know, particularly Pressman was still... Going very strong, even in 2003, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he, there's a game after this actually. If you there's the highlights on YouTube, it's 2000, uh, what 2001 game, but the, the the first derby of the season after. Pressman mm. is unbelievable in that match. It, we drew, we draw nil nil at Hillsborough. Some mm. of the saves he pulls off are just outrageous. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a very good keeper, but we we put two goals past him in this one. Yes. And, uh, Yes, the Blades win a game. Remember what that feels like? We have to go back 20 years. No, it's not that long since we won a game. It's just 
it just feels like a long time. I mean, I, I said to you last night, didn't I, watching the Liverpool game, I was like, I genuinely can't remember when our last league goal was. Like, I was like, was it really that West Brom game? Because that, I mean, it it's was not only... actually because I got I looked at this as for your ass, mate, and it was the own goal at Chelsea, obviously. But the last time we, oh. we actually scored was the West Brom game. Yeah, I couldn't remember that Chelsea game three days after it because yeah. it was, I thought the commentator made a mistake when they were saying. I think it was in the FA Cup when we drew them. Uh, it's str- saying, I've normally got a really good memory with, with seasons and things like that, and I'll think, oh yeah, we played them three games ago. But I'm all over the place this year. I really, yeah. really don't know what's going on. To be honest, pandemic's thrown us all out of whack. I think, yeah. but uh, yeah, well, that is uh, that's our memorable match for this week. And uh, yeah, we got Aston Villa on Wednesday, which is like probably in the top three opponents I least want to see United play against because it's a proper. A proper here's what you could have won kind of thing, and when, yeah. when you think how many points ahead of Villa we finished last season, and how much of a mess they were in, and how they only just stayed up, and uh, you know the 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 difference that the non-given goal made to their season in the end, and now you know they were able to hold on to Grealish, able to bankroll their way to some very good signings this season, and yeah, they look like they're going to stick around the Premier League for I'm the glad foreseeable I said future. To go down at the start of the season, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how uh, are you with me on that one? Or are you not actually that bothered about them as a? No, I, I, obviously they came up with us. It's like, I think it would have been the same if Norwich had stayed up. I think yeah. so. The team that's come up with us, and and they've just like left us in the dust. Obviously due to money more than anything yeah. else. But as you said, I mean realistically they shouldn't even be in the league. I'm not. I, I don't care who went down at Bournemouth or Villa. But obviously it were our game that made them stay up in the end with the the goal that were never given and stuff. But I've nothing against Villa. I think fair play to them. They were always going to get it together at one point. They're, they're too big of a club not to. Um, and they've obviously got one of the richest owners in the league. But yeah, it sticks in the claw because we were so much better than them last year. And I like, I quite like the we were the sort of underdogs. Villa, everyone expected Villa to be top ten last season, and we were the ones who mm. did it. So it was quite nice to sort of have that over. And but I suppose the you know the, the money rises to the top in the end, doesn't it? As we've seen this season. Yeah, that's a very nice way of putting it. Yeah, ultimately. Uh... We haven't been able to compete with them on or off the pitch. Wilder after the game, actually, which um, I think one of the guys off uh, Four Blades picked this out on Twitter. You have to, I can't remember which one it was now, but he said that uh, Wilder said that... Dan, oh, yeah, sorry. Dan, yeah, sorry, yeah, that's right. We will only uh, be... Uh, Wilder said we we're only going to be challenging for 17th place, which I don't know if you saw... I, I, Roy Keane, I don't know how much you can take into what he says, to be fair, but... He said, like, Wilder's attitude compared to last season where he was saying, come on, we can take everyone on. Now he's like, oh, you know, we can't compete with Newcastle and we can't compete with this, which is probably more realistic, but I mm. don't think he's sitting that well with a few fans, to be fair, though. Yeah, well, me neither, to be honest. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, it's a bit I get Warnock-y, it. Isn't it? It's I, I can't. I don't want to compare Wilder to Warnock, but it's exactly the sort of thing Warnock could say. It reminds me of um, the comments that uh, Norwich has Chair, chairman, I think, or their, their board, I can't remember what it was, maybe their director of football said last year that they were, uh, their goal is to be in the top 26 teams yeah, in yeah. Uh, in the country. And that was, maybe uh, that is realistic, maybe that is, uh, with the current ownership, maybe that's the best we can hope for, I think it's poss- possibly realistic, but it's such a change from what you were saying last year, I remember, I remember we lost to Leicester at home last year, in one of the early games, and we, I thought, you know, we, well, we played alright, I mean, I didn't go to that game, but everyone asked me, you yeah, played alright, and Wilder went mad at him, saying we should be competing more, and now it's all changed, hasn't it? So, yeah, I'd uh, I'd like to get back to that of high standards. I think Wilder I mean, needs a break. I think he could probably wants this season to end like we all do, just to recharge his own battery. It must be horrible. He knows he's picking teams. The team he's picking is not going to win. Yeah, 
Yeah, essentially that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like I want you, I want this to be better, but at the same time, like I know it can't be. Like you know, just as long as the team tries, you just you can't really ask any more than that right now. Like from no. my point of view, anyway. It's like, I mean, look at the team that we're having to put out. Of course, it's not going to be as good as Liverpool and all these other teams. Like, mm. but at the same time, yeah, I don't enjoy that. It's like no. really depressing, and that's why I want to be like, just end the season already. Let's I, I go. think there'll give be a lot give... of arguments towards the end of the season because I do think we'll probably pretty much lose every game from now on, and people are already getting fed up of it. And I think. It's a difficult one because there's no way that that team we put out yesterday should be winning a single Premier League game in terms of like quality. I don't think I'm being negative by saying that. I think we had a back three. All three of them aren't going to be here next year. One of them's probably not going to be playing football at all. Mm. Uh, Jaggy Elka. Keen Bryan could easily be in League One. How are we expected to compete against even like Villa and stuff like that, you know, with the squads they've got? So Wilde is right in saying that, but I can sort of also completely understand why it's not sitting well while they're saying, oh, yeah, we can only finish 17 because it's such a change from him. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, it, yeah, I mean, that's our, that's our hardest remaining game ticked off, I think. So yeah. I think we'll get some points. But um, Really intrigued think... about the, if Basham's not back for the Chelsea match in the Cup, who are we going to play? Oh, I don't even want to think about that. We're, we're, that will have to be a change of formation, which we did very briefly yesterday, mm, didn't we? Which, yeah. well, I mean, we do that. We do that in all these games that we're chasing, which is uh, pretty much every single one of them, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's really tough. I, I, we all just want it to end. I don't think anyone's enjoying watching this. And it's, it's difficult because you, you, your thoughts do turn to next season. And when you're watching your team lose every week, I mean, I was on S2 shout box yesterday in the first half. People were going, we're going to be fine next season, top six. But then as soon as we went 1-0 down, we've had it next year. Because that's just <laughs> the natural emotion of like when you're watching a game. Yeah, yeah. I, I throw the toys out of the problem we're losing. So, but I think Jay actually, Blades Analytics, said that, you know, you, it's such, you, you can't really read that much into what's happening at the moment. So. No, I'm, uh, I'll be ready to throw this season into the bin. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a hard one to draw conclusions from just with the weird circumstances, which we hope would be different mm. next season with, yeah. uh, you know, a proper pre-season. I know it's a bit of a cliche in it, but we, I'm we didn't have one last year. sounding out my Sheffield Wednesday friends and saying, how much is I follow? <laughs> <Season>. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I had that. I completely forgot. I was like, oh, what? Like, I won't. I wouldn't actually like automatic like all our games won't be televised next season. That's no. like the only downside to it. But hopefully it's be we'll be able to. That. I mean, hopefully we're back, but obviously you don't know. I'd be surprised if we're all back. Put it that way. So mm. uh, it's going to be interesting those early days because the, uh, those early games because I can't see how they're not going to be all televised like even on streams and stuff. I wouldn't have thought so. No, probably not. Anyway, that's uh, that's a problem for another day, and we've we might uh, stay up yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, about that. Anyway, we will uh, we'll be back to uh, to talk about the Villa game, <laughs> win, lose, or draw, on uh, probably on Thursday, um, and then we will do another memorable match next week. So yeah, if you've if you've got any memories from uh, from this win over Wednesday, do uh, do hit us up on Twitter at Bladespod at Panchero. And uh, do, you, do you want to uh, plug plug your own podcast and yeah, stuff? Yeah, uh, we've got another episode coming out on Wednesday uh, this week. We've changed the release date. Um, it's about Big Brother One. Did you ever watch Big Brother One? Do you know I actually didn't? It was only two that I that I started watching it, and then I watched it obsessively. But I'm now fully 
uh, fully versed in the events of Big Brother 1. Well, so we comment on it. It's actually an awfully boring series. I mean, obviously, listen to the podcast if you want to know, but it's renowned as being this sort of major sort of, oh, my God, this was the first ever thing. Nothing mm. happened other than that nasty dick moment. So, but I would say, like, <laughs> if you want to check it out, uh, follow us at Living With Made 1 on Twitter or follow me at Panchero. Um, and why not Why not uh, read the Liverpool View from? <laughs> while, you're, while you're there. <laughs> you should do, yeah. And uh, we'll look forward to the Villa game on uh, on Wednesday night. What time's kickoff, actually? Is it six, six o'clock, o'clock, is it? Yeah, so at least it's out of the day. Yeah, no, there is that. I was delighted I think to learn. Rotherham actually after. I'm really more, I'm more interested in that because I think be, I wish that were on TV. That's a massive six point on that. Blimey, yeah, I suppose it is. And uh, yeah, the see, I asked you this: if the, both Sheffield clubs had ever been relegated in the same season before, and. Uh, you said it's never happened. No, never happened. Never happened in, in history of football that we've both been relegated. So, is, you know. uh, is this the year? Do you think, or do you think they will? Still? They've obviously got a new manager today, aren't they? Darren Morse coming. Uh, I like him. I like him as a as a person. Um, when I've heard him speaking, so I think he speaks sense. Bit of a different ball game, I think, going from Doncaster to Wednesday. But I think if I were a Wednesday fan, I'd be a little bit more optimistic than I were when we just had this Neil Thompson character who's never managed before in charge. But it's going to be yeah. I think it's one of about... I think it'll probably come down to Birmingham, Wednesday and Rotherham, uh, two out of those three. I think Wickham are already gone, so... Mm, that was a, a beautifully diplomatic defence sitting there. <laughs> yeah. well, I think... Uh, Wednesday, we might have some Wednesday fans listening in. I don't want to get hate mail. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I think they will probably just stay up, is my uh, my guess. Um, yeah, by... They'll stay up by the the virtue of the points that they inexplicably got back from uh, the yeah. AFL. I mean, it'd be interesting if Birmingham go down because obviously Birmingham got nine knocked off. I wonder if they'll uh, take this take the matter to court. Mm. It's all all kicking off in the future. Get Stuart Maybe, Ripley yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to defend them, actually. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> thanks, mate. I uh, I enjoyed reliving that Wednesday game. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, Liverpool game was, yeah, you know, it was okay. It wasn't the most fun I've ever had on a, uh, a Sunday evening, especially now NFL has finished. But uh, it could have been worse. As yeah. uh, It certainly... So it certainly would have been worse, but for the heroics of Aaron Ramsdale. So, when yeah, did good. After Villa, uh, I feel like it's Sunday, but I couldn't tell you who we're playing. Palace, maybe. Southampton. Oh, Southampton. Oh, it's Saturday three o'clock. It is. Wow, that's good. I, I like when oh, we play on Saturday. Fantastic news that. But yeah, get it out of the way. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, love loving that. Uh, Oh, that's great news. That's made my day. It's <laughs> made your day, that is it, right? Nice one. Right, we'll wrap up there, mate. Thank you very much for your time and your research, as always. Cheers, mate. Uh, pleasure, pleasure having you on. I'll speak to you later. Yes, thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. All right, a big thank you to Andrew. A big thank you to yourselves, as always, for downloading and listening. And finally, thank you to our sponsors. They are Glistening Kicks. I'm going to tell you about them now. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch-up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. They will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes, and midsoles a deep clean. They can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. If you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. They offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas. They also do nationwide shipping 
via their safe, fast and reliable courier service so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. They've just celebrated their first anniversary, so happy birthday, Glistening Kicks. And I should also mention they are run by Blades fans and they have recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers. Wednesday logo is also available, but I don't know why you would ever want that on your shoes, to be honest, unless you have a Wednesday fan in your life, but even so, that's uh, that's not such a good situation for you. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair of shoes. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. You can also follow them on Instagram at glistening__kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. 